0: Luke 1.30, And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. See, here's dealing with son of man. You shall conceive Mary, and you're going to bring forth a son. That's son of man. Born of woman. Son of man. And you shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest, or Son of God, born of Mary, conceived by the Holy Ghost, Son of Man, Son of God. That's really it. And Mary says, Well, I'll read the verses, He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be? How is this going to happen? Seeing I know not a man. And the angel told her. And the angel answered her and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the high shall overshadow thee. Therefore also, that holy thing that which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Now when you look at this, you have in Jesus, birthed of man, Son of man, that's birthed of man, but born of God, seed of God it's very important to understand why, understand this. It's more important to understand why. So one part is you understand this and the other part part is why. Why was this necessary? That he become son of man. Because God had given dominion in the earth to man. That's why that was necessary. And as a man you were under the first man. Turn over to 1 Corinthians 15. Then we're going to turn to Isaiah 61 in a minute. But turn to 1 Corinthians 15. This isn't in my notes so you get an extra. Nita's is like, do not try to be a comedian because it won't work. Fifteen forty-five. This scripture right here, this verse of scripture for me, early on in my walk in the Lord, really spoke in me. This one right here. And Paul writes here, and so it is written, the first man, Adam, first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural. And afterwards, that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. How many men were there after Adam? Millions, billions. But in God's mind, there's only two. This is hard to get a hold of. First man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. This is dealing with mankind. This is dealing with creation. So... So the first man was created of God, which you read the creation story, and was put there in the Garden of Eden. The second man is the Lord from heaven. If we get a hold of this, we can get a hold of our salvation, what it really is. So, you can go on down and read the rest of this, but I'm not going to right now. I want you to flip back to Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61. Isaiah sixty one says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord have anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. That right there, I want you to mark in your heart, write it down, however, liberty to the captives. And opening up the prison to them that are bound. If you were a Jewish person and you read this, all right, especially in the days Jesus was born up as a babe in a manger, they were in literal captivity. A lot of people don't understand that. If you read the history of Israel, Of the nation of Israel. The nation of Israel split. I've said this often. They've split. They split as a nation. Into a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom. Into the nation of Israel and the nation of Judah. And throughout your Bible in those books called Chronicles and Kings. It goes through the kings of Israel. And it goes through the kings of Judah. And there's a point to that. You know. You, you read some of that stuff and, and sometimes it can be difficult to read, but there's a point to it because the kingdom split and eventually the kingdom of, Is, of Israel was carried away. okay And there was the kingdom of Judah and David was of Judah. okay Zion was there. Jerusalem was there. And all that related to Judah. So, when Jesus come on the scene, He was born of the tribe of Judah. Of the descendants of David. Okay. So, those, the Jewish people were looking for a Savior. In fact, when Jesus uh, spoke to them in Acts 1, they asked Him, When shall you again restore the kingdom... Back to Israel. Because they were looking for a king that was going to bring the glory back to Israel. And Jesus' answer to them was, You'll receive power after the Holy Ghost. Think about it. His answer was, You will receive power. In other words, the way I see that is, You're the one, you're going to restore the kingdom after the Holy Ghost comes upon you, and what Paul began to declare as the kingdom was righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So it was no longer a natural, physical kingdom that was being restored. The kingdom of God was coming in the Spirit. And... But people, but this captivity, that was, there was a bigger captivity than just what Israel was in. Flip to Psalms, I believe 51. And if I got the wrong one, this one, I can't find it because I put it down. But I believe it's 51. Verse 5. Psalms 51 verse 5 says, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity. And in sin did my mother conceive me. Now, there's two ways you can look at this verse of scripture. I could consider that what David's saying is his mother conceived him out of wedlock or through adultery. But that's not what he was saying. He was saying the man he was conceived in, the mankind, was sin. I was conceived in sin. I was conceived in man. And I was shaping in iniquity. That iniquity was in the man. I've said this often You don't have to teach a child to lie I don't know if you've ever noticed that Somewhere down the road The the child gets into your pantry Or into your cookie jar And eats the cookie And looks around and says I didn't touch that And there's nobody there but the child Because the nature of mankind is flawed Period Period Mankind was the issue. Man himself is what we were captive to. Until we get a hold of that, we we really won't understand our salvation. So, as I'm born naturally, I'm born captive to the natural man. Why is that? Because God gave him dominion in the earth. Go back and read the story in Genesis. He told Adam, he said, you've got dominion in there. What did Adam do with that dominion? He lost it. And the day you eat thereof, Adam, you will surely die. And Apostle Paul writes in Romans 5 that death didn't just pass on Adam. Death passed upon all men. So mankind lives in death. See, see, we've got our minds programmed that death is just when you take your body and stick it in a casket. You know, when your spirit has left your body, when your soul has departed, we've got that in our minds that that's death. But the definition in the Bible is that in Adam all died. And that wasn't just physically put in caskets. And I'm going to show you this by the scripture. Death is the old man. Death is in mankind. Man's mind is full of death. So, so we'll turn over to Ephesians two. And this is profound what the Apostle Paul writes in Ephesians 2. And you have he quickened who were dead. Who were what? You were dead in trespasses and sin. See, it goes back to what David said Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and conceived in sin. And then Paul goes on and says, Wherein in time past you walked according to the course, death, of this world. That's the course of the world, death, sin. According to the prince of the power of air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation or way of life, in time past, in the lusts of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the, my, of the mind." And were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for His great love, wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, He loved us. This is what Paul writes: hath quickened, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you are saved. So, here's the frailty of man. Man's dead. That's his frailty. Okay? So even breathing oxygen, he's dead. And he's bound. This is what what it says, when Jesus came to set the captives free, this is what he came to set you free from, is the man. Do you see that? Honestly, you don't see salvation. Unfortunately, I, many preachers that are teaching the gospel, they don't even see what the gospel is. Now, that's that's a hard statement, but I just made it. Many do not even see what the good news is. Gospel means good news. And the gap that's, that's inside of the church is that if you don't see what the good news is, the good news is Jesus delivered you from death. Now, that doesn't just mean He delivered your body from dying in the grave, He's talking about the man that's dead. You're delivered from it. That's why Jesus had to be the Son of Man. Philippians 2, flip over there. Philippians 2, says, verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Who being what? What was Christ Jesus? Form of God. This is what He was. Now this blows up a lot of Christian ideas. God's form is spirit. God is, Jesus said, a spirit. Who being form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal of God, but made himself what? No reputation. And took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of man. How was he made in the likeness of man? He was born of the Virgin Mary. That's how he was made in the likeness of man. See, see, people have had this idea of Jesus for years, that He was sitting up there in heaven as a man. John said, In the beginning was the Word of Christ, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now that's what John said. So Apostle John probably has a good idea of the truth. But this concept has floated around here of Christ, that... He was sitting up there in heaven somewhere as a man. And somehow he came and became a baby in a manger and became a man. Okay. That's what people thought. Including myself. So Not just a lot of other people. I, I thought of myself. I had this picture, this image in my mind. But Paul says he was in the form of God. God's form is spirit. So... He was made a man, son of man, by being born in Bethlehem. And he was son of God because he was born of God. That's son of man, son of God. That's it. And he came into man to die. This is the purpose. He became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, because this was how you got out of the man. See, see, this is the other thing, and this <laughs> I feel this so strong I gotta calm myself down, Sister Barbara. Here's what Christianity has done with this. Jesus died for my sins. But I'm still the same old man I ever always was. He just died for my sins. That's a lie. He did die for your sins. That's the truth. But He didn't die for your sins just for you to be the same old man you always was with just your sins forgiven. See, this is the concept that's, that's in our minds. Jesus bled on the cross and He forgave me of my sins that now I could try to be perfect and live for God. And if I sin. You know, he's and he and he is our advocate. Oh, there's parts of that true, but what it's doing is shortchanging the gospel. Because he died not just for your sins, he died to sin. He became Son of Man to die to that son of man. If you can hear that. That's what he did. He that knew no sin became sin that we could be made the righteousness of God in Him. See, I couldn't be made the righteousness of God in me. That was, the issue was me. See, I was always the issue. I always always thought other people were the issue until I started seeing the Lord. And I realized, Lord, I'm the issue. Ain't I? And I can't get out of my own way. And the beauty is he's the remedy for the issue because he became me and you. To put me and you to death. And this is how we get free of captivity. Is through his death. This is why the Apostle Paul wrote of his death over and over and over again in his epistles because it was important see see he came as a man to die the death of the cross that's why he came as a man and god hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name and that's the resurrection Raised out from the dead. The dead. The dead and Adam. See, I would love for the whole church to see that, to hear that. Through Christ, you're raised out from the dead. That doesn't mean your physical body won't perish. Perish. But that means you're raised out from Adam and Christ is your life. Your life isn't Adam. That's what that means. Your life is Christ. Scripture tells you this. Romans 6. Romans 6. Now, I read this so often, and I read it so often because it's necessary. Do you not know? Know you not? Romans 6 3. Do you not know that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead, remember the dead, if you go back to Romans 5, again, the dead in Adam. Christ was raised, not, yes, he was physically raised again, okay? But he was raised from the dead. Not just that he died in a tomb, he was raised from the dead. The whole mankind was dead. That's what He was raised from. The whole mankind. That's what He was raised from. That's what your salvation is. That's what it is. So, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. That's how we walk in newness of life. As Christ was raised from the dead. That's the newness of our life. See, See, if I don't know as Christ was raised from the dead, I don't know the newness of my life. That's the truth. I don't even know the newness of my life. I read, I I say I got new life, but what is new life? As Christ was raised from the dead. That's new life. For if we've been planted together in the likeness of His death, we shall be also in the likeness of His resurrection, knowing this, that our old man... Is what? Crucified with him that the body of sin might be destroyed, that we would not serve sin. Remember I read to you Psalms fifty one, I was David said I was conceived in sin. That was in the man. So we wouldn't serve the man of sin. We would serve The heavenly man. The new man. That's our life. That church is His body. That's what God is saying to us by the Spirit. He is your life. See, He's not a religion. He's your life. And that's, and that's where the issue's at, is people have thought he's a religion. So you got the Baptist religion, the Pentecostal religion, the Methodist religion, and you got all these religions. He's not a religion, he's a And until I encounter him as my life, I'll. I'll be susceptible to get caught up in all these religions. And most of these, many of these people, I won't say most, many of these people have encountered him to a measure. But then they become Pentecostals or Baptists. And they'll tell you, I'm a Baptist. I'm a Methodist. No, I'm a member of the body of Christ. That's the answer we should give. When somebody says, what are you? I'm a member of the body of Christ. What are you? You're not a member of His body? Are you not born of His Spirit? Because if you're born of His Spirit, you're of Him. That's how you become a member of Him. You're born of Him. You're born again. That's what salvation is. You know, in in Adam you were born. You were born by your mother and father in Adam. But you're born through the resurrection of Jesus Christ into Him. To live unto Him. Paul goes on, says here, verse 7, For he that is dead, remember we read In Isaiah, that he come to set the captives free. For he that is dead is freed from what? Sin. Free. Captives are free. If he's dead. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe we shall also live with him. That doesn't mean someday in the future. That means we shall live Because we're dead with him, we live with him. This is the reality of the person. See, this is what this is. This is the reality of the gospel. This is the gospel. The good news is he died, and he raised from the dead. And when he died, you died with him. And when he raised, you raised with him. That's good news. That's how you overcome the world. Because He did. You comprehend Him. One what, what of the scriptures that just keeps speaking in my heart, in my spirit, just over and over again, I just hear it. As you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in Him. I just, over and over again, that just speaks to me. As you have received Him, walk in Him. How do I walk in Him? I comprehend Him by the Spirit. He's dead to sin. So I walk dead to sin. If I sin, I have an advocate with the Father, Christ Jesus the righteous, who forgives me from all sin. So if I go out here and mess up, He's my advocate. But my life is Him. So as I begin to walk in Him, I begin to know Him. And that's where the issue's at. Is that we all know the Lord. Paul goes on here in verse 11 and says, Likewise, through this, understanding that you're dead with sin, likewise reckon you, you also yourselves to be dead unto sin but alive unto God through how? Through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's how I'm dead to sin. That's how I'm alive to God. I ain't alive to God anywhere else, and I ain't dead to sin anywhere else. I can't get dead to sin myself. People read this scripture. And they go out. They say, well I got to die. Paul said you already have died. You got to comprehend your death. And your death is him. He's dead to sin. Therefore you're dead to sin because you're his body. So if he's dead to sin, so are you. Because you're his body. See, See, that's what you got to get a hold of. If he is dead to sin, which he is, then so are you because you're his body. See, you still think you're your own self. You believe, you just are... See, this is the concept. I said this early on, Brother Varner. You weren't in here. The concept in Christianity is Jesus just died for me and left me alone. Now I'm just trying to be good. That's the concept. And if I get it all right, you know, then it'll all be good with me. That's that's a religious concept. But the truth is you are dead because you're His body. You're His body. He is dead to sin and he is alive to God. Therefore you are dead to sin. And you are alive to God. Because you live by him. That's how you live unto God. By him. Now that's salvation. That's, that's a reality that we can search out the rest of the time... We walk in the earth and never exhaust it. I can exhaust religion out, but I cannot exhaust Christ. It can get greater and greater in my heart if I allow it. Greater every day. So I can walk in a greater reality of Him every day. So coronavirus doesn't diminish Him. See, coronavirus diminishes religion, but it doesn't diminish Christ. See, see, because He is greater than everything you may face in the earth. So if I come to know Him, I'm dead to the world, Paul writes. Paul wrote, I am crucified to the world, And the world is crucified to me. All that was through the person. But if I don't see the person, I don't see that I'm crucified. One more scripture, Romans 7 verse 4, and he's dealing with the law of the husband and wife. Verse 4, he says, Wherefore, my brethren, you also are become dead to the law, by the body of Christ. How did you get dead to the law? Because he nailed that old man that was under the law to the cross. You're not in the old man. The first man is of the earth earthy. That's not who you're in. The second man is the Lord from heaven. That's who you're in. As we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also... Bear the image of the heavenly. Now Jesus tells us how we're going to bear it. In John 16, he says to them in John 16, and maybe I'm introducing this for next week, we'll see. In John 16, he says to them, I have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. In other words, he could have said them. And in fact, in John 17, I don't know if he didn't. But you can't bear it. You can't bear in yourself what I'm going to say. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he's going to take of mine who I am, he's going to take what I did at Calvary, death, burial, and resurrection, and declare it unto you. He ain't just going to declare it on the outside of you. He's still going to declare it in you. That you can bear it. That out of you bellies shall flow rivers of living water. That out of you, you, you know, like Paul writes here, that we, we bore in our flesh, what? Fruit unto unrighteousness. In these same bodies we're bearing fruit unto righteousness because by the Holy Ghost we can bear it. I couldn't bear it before. I couldn't give God expression in my body. I had no ability. I could be a good little child and still not express Jesus. Because I didn't even understand Him. But when the Holy Ghost comes, you can't bear it. Because He's going to take of mine what I am. That's how you see Jesus. And show it. Show me. That's what He's saying. That's how you see Him. He said, I go away in the world, seeth me no more. But you see me. Because the Holy Ghost shows him. And when the Holy Ghost shows him, you bury him. mean, that's what Jesus even meant there in Matthew 16. And I'm, I'm stopping here when he, when he told Peter, Flesh and blood haven't revealed it unto you. But my Father who is in heaven, he's revealed. See, because this, this was God's plan from the beginning. That Christ would be revealed in your hearts and minds to transform you into his very image and likeness to bear his nature in the earth the earth is the lord's it's for the nature of god hallelujah well i'm done today